Hey everyone, before uh, we get to this episode, I just want to give you a heads up. We had a lot of technical problems during this between the the stream getting going, there being no audio and everything. So this is actually us coming back after going offline, so it might sound a little weird at first. Also, had to pull the audio directly from the stream because problems happened with the recordings. So it's going to sound a little bit off this week, but the you know the the heart of the episode is still there, so uh, we hope you still enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, on with the episode. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> we're back <laughs> after we everything back? went wrong. We're, I think we're back. I think they can hear you. I hope they can hear you. Check. Can you? Can you? Yeah, I know Garwar. I know you. you I know it was me? a hot mic because I was. Can you hear me? Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Mitra, so, can you hear me? Okay, we're we're back yes, there. I, I see my face. <laughs> I will edit all of this part out. We'll just we'll just do a thing later. Okay. <laughs> yes, you can hear all three. Okay. Oh, thank goodness. Round Hi, two, ready, fight. What's <laughs> up and welcome to Champions of Psychology, a show with the goal of openly talking about mental health and gaming presented by Codename Entertainment and TakeThis.org. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on Twitch.tv slash Games or later on your favorite podcast service, Mitra Jordan and Rafael Bucamazzo, a.k.a. Dr. B, talk about mental health and in these, in these unprecedented times as well as how gaming affects us. If you hear this live in the chat, you can leave a question that Dr. B is going to ask us later. But before that, who are you fine folks for people who may not know? Okay, I'll start. So I'm a therapist in Victoria, BC. I play games. I love games. I often end up working uh, with clients, bringing somehow games into therapy or therapy into games. Hard to say. Anyway, uh, I work with uh, families, individuals, often with couples. And I think that's sufficient. Oh, and I have ADHD. Can you tell from this intro? Anyway, um, <laughs> I have ADHD. We're going to be talking all about that today. Yes. <laughs> Good to see you, everyone. I was really hoping that this that the pictures didn't get switched in time. For I didn't notice say. it. I didn't if notice look, it. If you look above right here, uh, I am Dr. Raphael Bocamazzo. I got to change the date and everything. I'm going to do this while you do your intro. Okay. This, well, hi, everybody. Uh, for I'm, audio I'm, listeners, this has been a morning. <laughs> this is The visual gags are wonderful. Um, uh. But I'm Dr. Raphael Bocamazzo, uh, better known as Dr. B for long Italian name reasons. And I am the, I'm a doctor of clinical psychology. I am the clinical director at takethis.org, the first mental health nonprofit that served the gaming community, do a lot of behind the scenes education, actually in public education too, uh, to destigmatize mental health matters and help y'all live, basically live your best lives. Uh, additionally, I am an expert on the applied use of role-playing games like Dungeons and & Dragons and clinical and applied uh, learning settings. I sometimes train clinicians and teachers on how to do that. And um, I'm often found here goofing off and simultaneously talking about, uh, you know, psychology topics. So, uh, 
um so yeah um once again everybody in the chat really sorry about everything that was going on there completely my fault no idea my computer had a gremlin in it and i kicked its butt out of here uh so hopefully at least i hope it doesn't come back uh so yeah this is gonna go on a little bit longer we're gonna go for a normal time because we do want to give this topic it's time and we and the other streams today have been postponed so we're going to take the time and give this what it needs. Um, and yeah, this is an ADHD AMA. And the way that this is going to work, uh, if you are present last week for the autism one uh, that Dr. B led, um, Meacher and I, we both have ADHD and we are going to talk about our experiences with it as well as uh, what, you know, that has, uh, what that actually means to uh, have ADHD. And then we're going to take our little disclaimer break in the middle. And then after that, We'll do an AMA. Dr. B is going to have access to a document where he can read questions that you can leave in chat right now. Uh, leave them throughout the, the episode and we'll gather them up and Dr. B can ask us it in the second half of the show. For the first part, we're just talking about our stories. And Mitra, I would love if uh, you actually started. Okay, so why don't I start by defining ADHD for people? A little bit at least. So ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder um, or condition. It means that those of us who have ADHD or deal with it on an ongoing basis are also neurodivergent. So not neurotypical mm -hmm. like most people. Um, what ADHD involves is three different subtypes. Um, so you can be, uh, you can have ADHD with hyperactivity, impulsivity. You can have ADHD with inattention or you can have a combined subtype, which is probably the most common one where you experience some hyperactivity and some inattention as well. ADHD looks different in boys and girls, which is why um, as children, girls are often not diagnosed with ADHD because they're not usually hyperactive and their impulsivity often shows up differently than it does for boys. And I'm gonna speak about that in terms of my own experience with it because my impulsivity as a child showed up in the most typical ways that it does for a girl. And it was completely missed. Um, so I think that's a definition. Please, Dr. B, do jump in if I'm missing anything, because I think that would be pretty helpful for our audience. Question. So, yeah. Question. Why isn't ADHD just spacing out? Because I... I <laughs> everybody gets forgetful. Because that's time. just me writing, damn it. Well, no, <laughs> this is, I, no, I, I'm, I'm being a little flippant about this, but, um, and for the sake of things, I also have a, be a concurrent with my autism. I also have a lot of ADHD symptoms, um, mm -hmm. as a lot of people on the spectrum do. Um, yeah, that overlap but, is very common. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually thought I had ADHD long before I thought I, I was autistic, but, um, my question, what's the difference? Because everybody's forgetful sometimes. Everybody's yeah, so, forgetful. What's the difference between that and ADHD? Okay, so everybody's forgetful sometimes. With ADHD, it's showing up in multiple areas of your life. So like, for instance, if I was always forgetful at the office, um, my inattention or forgetfulness could be due to a number of things. It could be due to trouble with colleagues. Um, ADHD is often concurrent with anxiety and depression. It can sometimes be hard to figure out which came first. Um, and so really, if you're struggling with depression, you might actually have inattention as one of your symptoms. You may even have a little bit of impulsivity as one of your symptoms, particularly true if you're also dealing with anxiety. So it, it's when ADHD is showing up in multiple 
um, I guess, settings that you experience on a day-to-day basis and is affecting multiple parts of your life, then it's more likely to be a consistent diagnosis and not just, I'm occasionally forgetful, right? Mm -hmm. So for instance, if you have a kid who's doing super well at school, um, but they're having forgetfulness or scatterbrained or whatever at home, we might look at what's going on in the home. If it's just happening at home, at school, and everything's fine at home, we might look at what's going on at school. But if it's happening in both settings, and if you're an adult and it's happening and just like, you're forgetful with work ex- work things, you're struggling at home to remember errands, groceries, whatever, um, then it could be ADHD. Mm-hmm. So in other words, in- ADHD isn't just like, oh, ran into the room and this happens once the, every there, once a day and I forgot there was what I was looking for. There's a video that came up on Twitter um, just last week, and I, I hate that I can't remember who posted it, but it was, it was, I think it was a TikTok where it was like, I'm going to show you what it's like to have forgetfulness with ADHD. And it was somebody going, oh, I left my wallet in the car. And they walked to the front door and they're like, wait, why was I going out to the front door? Oh, right. Well, okay. And then they go out to there and then they uh, stop. They're like, oh, look, my mail's here. All right. Better take this back and say, oh, no, my wallet. And then they go to their car and they open up the car and they get in there and they're just like, why did I come in here? Oh, I left my soda yeah. in here. Sweet. And they just leave. And then they get yeah. all the way back into their house and they're just like, freaking wallet. <laughs> exactly. And that happens all the time yes. across multiple domains. Yes. Exactly. And the other thing is, so sometimes people confuse um, ADHD can co-occur with other things that cause inattention. And there are other things that cause inattention that can look like ADHD. So very quickly, I'm going to look at, say, um, complex post-traumatic disorder or a recent issue with trauma or a recent bereavement, Mm -hmm. right? So what we're also looking for is like consistency over time. So because if you've gone through something traumatic, it might be that you are, you do have issues around being scattered because you're obviously your brain is overloaded and you're managing a traumatic experience. Car accidents, for example, and bringing that up, we can look at issues with like concussions, So brain injury can absolutely look like ADHD, but what we're looking at is how are things historically? Has Mm. this occurred over your lifespan? Because I can assure you it has for me. Um, And so you start to winnow out, oh, wait a second. No, it's not to do with bereavement or just depression or, and so we get to that diagnosis. So it's really important to talk to a doctor, a therapist, Um, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, you know, someone who is in a position to help you assess what's happening and whether it's actually ADHD. Yeah. Um, So, so why don't we get into your experiences with ADHD and being diagnosed? Yeah. You get comfortable here. (laughs) (laughs) Have a sip of my tea. Well, because I mean, Mitra, you really specifically said that you had the typical, you know, girl presentation for ADHD. What does that. that mean? Okay, so as a child, I learned to read really young. I started to read at age four. Um, I was super verbal and super quick. And certainly looking at me, you wouldn't have thought that there was really any issue in terms of managing cognitive load. Um, What started to become pretty clear for me was that uh, I was also kind of a chatterbox and kind of rebellious. And those are the two main symptoms two main behavioral patterns that we would look at in ADHD with a girl. The other thing was I did have meltdowns. I did have times where um, 
I would get a little rigid in my thinking around wanting something to happen or expecting something to happen. Maybe I was told we were going to get ice cream. And then for whatever reason, we couldn't get ice cream. Now, every kid will occasionally have a meltdown about that. But what I noticed about that was like, there was definitely a hyper-focus or fixation on something um, that I wanted um, that maybe would lead to some kind of breakdown. Um, did the daydreaming, which is all, again, how inattention often shows up with ADHD, particularly, uh, I think with both genders, but certainly uh, it's a strong one with women and girls. So just going off in my head, lovely place. And, and you know, if you look at my report cards from my childhood, it often says, you know, she lacks application, you know, there's a lot of daydreaming, you know, and, and if there was something that I couldn't focus on in class, I'd go off in my head. I mean, I was definitely the kid who during math class was reading comic books under her desk. So that capacity to clearly focus on things that interested me and that I understood um, was there and the capacity to not do that with tough topics that were just a little bit more of a cognitive load. Uh, and you can say with kids, okay, but how do we know it's ADHD if like she's able to focus there? Why doesn't she just apply herself over here? Because that's a common criticism that parents come up with. How can it be ADHD if you can focus? And it actually took me a long time to figure out in my own experience of it, because it's true, I could be super focused. The difference is when you hyper-focus in that way, and this is true of most people with ADHD, is you have no concept of time. Time vanishes. Time doesn't exist. And this isn't true of other people and their capacity to focus. They can sometimes task switch better than someone with ADHD can. And they can usually manage their time better. So there's a kind of rabbit hole that's super easy to go down. And I've experienced this my whole life and certainly didn't know what to call it. But if I'm super focused on something, I also could get super irritable if someone tried to interrupt me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like it's okay to switch a task. It's like, leave me alone. I'm <laughs> you know, and it, that's the internal sense of it. Mm -hmm. So, and well, oh, lateness. Lateness is another big thing that people with ADHD often struggle with. And mm -hmm. I certainly did. And I had a lot of judgment about mm -hmm. myself around that. Well, one question I have for Mitra and Tre Trevor, I know you're going to want to chime in on this as well, is that I I've heard a growing criticism over even the name attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, when mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is, it's not an it's not a deficit of attention. It's, oh, a, yeah. it's difficulties regulating yeah. that Absolutely. attention Absolutely. because that executive function, that frontal lobe stuff is so disrupted that it's, it's, you're, you're not... It's amazing how many people are able to selectively ignore things and direct their attention willfully, but in ADHD and in to a large degree in autism, that's really the issue, not a lack of attention, but a lack of ability to regulate it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that is, that's the big misunderstanding. Um, so that capacity to regulate attention diminishes as your cognitive load increases. So either there's more things going on around you and you're noticing them all and your capacity to focus on the ones that actually matter in that moment becomes harder and harder to do. Um, and your ability to filter out, as I say, you're noticing it all also becomes 
it becomes much harder to do. And the more tired you get, the more difficult that is. And so the capacity to even keep attending to the things you want to do can also really suffer. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I didn't actually figure out I had and was dealing with ADHD until later in life. And it was actually because of one of my kids was figuring out they were ADHD. And then I started to look at the pattern. Um, and I even talked to my mom who also has struggled with ADHD her entire life. And so once we started putting this generational picture together, um, it was really helpful, I think, to all three of us. Um, but in, in my experience, so there was the lateness, I really struggled with that a lot. Um, I had to put so many prompts in place in order to manage my time um, and also my attention to get things done. And I did notice some days it was much, much easier if I'd had a good night's sleep, for example. Um, and, uh, and sleep regulation is another problem with ADHD. So when I say I had a good night's sleep, there were times when focusing on getting enough sleep was really problematic. And this again comes back to uh, what we've talked about in terms of regulation and the cognitive load that you can experience is that you stop having the capacity to make good decisions when you get overloaded. And so you can be tired, but you can be hyper-focusing on something and you can stay up far too late surfing the net for this one topic things, thing you're wanting to buy or do, whatever it is, hobby. Um, and before you know it, it's like two in the morning and your capacity then to manage your energy, to come down enough to sleep is compromised. So it just messes with everything until you figure out tools to manage it better. Mm -hmm. So so that's that's really the thing a lot of people don't understand is the degree of impact. Yeah. 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 Um, should, should, should I uh, talk about my, yeah. my thing? Um, yeah, jump so in. So I got diagnosed with, it was unlike you, I got diagnosed when I was a kid, 1994, first grade, literally second grade, uh, second week of school. Uh, my teacher pulled my mom aside and was just like, hey, you should get this, you should get this kid checked out. Um, and the wild thing for me is I didn't really learn what that meant until this year. Like I was essentially told, and, and th this is, this is not my parents' fault because they, this is what the doctors told them. They were, just, the doctors were just like, yeah, he's uh super hyper and he doesn't pay attention. Well, uh, here's Ritalin. And like, here's, here's a wild one that I realized this morning. I learned what a zombie was because of it being how someone described me when I was on Ritalin. That's how I found out what a zombie was. <laughs> Like yeah, I I would take I would take Ritalin and I would just completely just not be hyper. Me, people who have watched the show for listeners and whatnot, there was times in school when teachers go, oh, I I marked you as absent because I didn't realize you were here. <sighs> Me, <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, no, like I I had learning about what ADHD is this year was one of those eye-opening moments. And I'm going to call somebody out in the chat who uh, just put it in there. But uh, it was when Mitra was talking, he was like, or you were just a kid. No. No. Uh, you sound like my uncle, and I don't mean that as a compliment. Uh, essentially what it is is, yes, kids have that. Kids have temper tantrum. Kids have breakdowns and all that stuff. But it continues. And throughout my adult life, I was like, why am I freaking out so hard about this one thing? Why am I so fixated on this thing that I started acting like a freaking child? 
And then to find out what it is and to find out that it was something that I, that I know that I've had, that I'm going to continue to have. And that all of those things that friends were just like, just try this, just do this, just do that. Doesn't work. Sucked. Yeah. Actually finding out what ADHD was this year sucked for me because it was like all that effort I put in to try and get better about this. This is why it's not working. And this is why it's going to be even harder than it already is. Well, and this is this is something that a lot of people don't understand necessarily is it's it's essentially similar to autism. It's essentially your brain being on a different operating yeah. system. Yeah. And yep. the, the typical tricks for neuro, you know, neurotypical brains don't always work for ADHD. Yeah. Yeah. Let me give you an example of how it is different than just being a kid. So I have three kids. I have two have ADHD and it presents very differently for both of them and one does not. And I've worked with countless kids and youth and I've worked with many who don't have ADHD, obviously, and adults too. Um, and the difference in my personal felt experience of it is that that capacity to regulate your emotions um, can manifest differently for kids as in some will not act out, some will act in and kind of shut down. So it's not just that you can't regulate your emotions like a, a normal person, but that the intensity of the emotional up and down doesn't change even when you're really regulated. I've done years of Zen meditation. I'm a super regulated person. Mm. And my internal world is still a different place yeah. than your typical person. Yeah. Um, and the way I really understood that was I always, my whole life, have had issues with time. It's become better as I've gotten older. Certainly as a therapist, it's hour by hour, and I very much know how I'm structuring my hour with a client based on their needs, and I'm on time. But um, it's still a process to have to really work to do that. And as soon as I started taking medication, it's like the problem cleared up. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it wasn't me that noticed that it was my friends because yeah. they were like, wow, you're on time. <laughs> and after a week or two of this, I said to them, yeah, I've been on meds. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God. So that's how your brain can change in terms of that greater capacity to focus mm -hmm. a little bit more dopamine and norepinephrine in your synapse because your body and your brain generally are making a bit too little dopamine and norepinephrine. So when you get medication that allows you to increase, because it's stimulant medication, the amount of dopamine and norepinephrine present, you function differently. Mm -hmm. Now it's well, that, not for everyone, but, but it did make a difference for me. Well, that that's a thing that a lot of, I've, I've, back in the days when I used to work with people, um, mm -hmm. I would do a lot of psychoeducation, which I found out that a lot of other mental health professionals didn't always do. Um, the, the amount of people, the amount of teenagers I worked with who much like Trevor had had a diagnosis for a long time and didn't know what that diagnosis meant at all because nobody ever explained it to them was staggering to me. But one of the things that uh, a lot of folks don't seem to understand with uh, ADHD stimulant medications is the reason they have a counteractive, a counterintuitive effect is because the brain is essentially under firing to regulate that attention and by boosting the ability to function 
that regulation happens better and then a person kind of comes down a little bit yeah. it's really counterintuitive mm -hmm. um but it i mean it, it's incredible when it works yeah yeah that, that's yeah. the thing like i i i I remember how many times in, in school uh, teachers would be like, well, you're so, you know, fixated on this. Why can't you apply that to that? And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I can yeah. recite to you way too much Star Wars lore that I don't need to know about. But when it comes to waiting for Godot, I got zero interest, man. In fairness, yeah. waiting for Godot. I mean, French. <laughs> I, I mean, an English translation of French absurdism. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, that, that like, um, I was actually the opposite of Mitra where like, I didn't read and that was because I'm pretty sure like, this is the undiagnosed one, but like, I'm pretty sure I had dyslexia because I couldn't tell the difference between a B and a D until I was in sixth grade. Um, yep. and so reading wasn't my thing until again, going back to last week with Dr. B, it just had to be this freaking franchise until Harry Potter. And I got hyper fixated on it. That's, I think that was one of the first times that I can really pinpoint went boom hyperfixation right there because I tore through those books and read them at every chance that I was sitting still. And it, it, the most hilarious part was for years, teachers was like, we just want you to read, just read. And then I started reading and they're like, you're reading too much. And I was like, okay, you need to make up your mind. <laughs> you can't just do anything right. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same issue you had with reading. I had with numbers. Yeah. I really struggled to understand how it, and not so much how equations worked weirdly because they're more like language. Mm -hmm. So I kind of got that, but there's a lot of things to do with numbers and math that I struggled with my whole life and still do. Um, to get through master's level statistics, I had to hire a tutor. And, and by the time I was doing that, I didn't actually still realize I had ADHD, but, um, but I did realize that I was going to need additional tools Mm -hmm. And I had come to a place in my life where I was fine with that. Mm -hmm. Whereas there was a lot of judgment prior to that, that, oh, everybody else feels like, seems like everybody else can do this stuff. And I can't. Yep. And I, and it's really confusing for a person if they're really intelligent in some ways and, and grasping certain kinds, because intelligence, of course, there's several different kinds of intelligence, right? So certainly for me, reading, comprehension, uh, being able to synthesize material and send it back out there in a way that other people could understand it, that's a real strength. Mm -hmm. But but the numbers thing was a huge weakness, and that often will happen with ADHD as well. Well, and the so research with many things, but well, the research supports yeah. that because yeah. um, you know, essentially narrowing down your field of attention is convergent thinking, which that's that's what people with ADHD tend to struggle with. And again, yeah. a lot of us on the spectrum too, because we have strong ADHD-like symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, divergent thinking, which is going off on a tangent, looking at things sideways, aka creativity, real good at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes I'll get a client in the office and they'll be like, oh, I'm just all over the place. And I'm thinking, fantastic. I, I got it all. <laughs> I'm, I'm here and I hear all of it. And don't you worry, because I will synthesize it for you at the end if that's what you need. Um, because I have no trouble with that and I never have. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, neither you, Trevor, you really hold the space as a host. And, and I see that and I see, you know, <laughs> the connection there with that. I'm I'm yeah. just I'm just so hyper all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so what what do you do to manage it, Trevor? Like what do you do? Because oh, if, God. 
if first of all, given there's three different types, you know, there's inattentive yeah. type, yeah, which is the day the real the, the daydreaming type. You've got the hyperactive type, which is probably what most people think of when they think of ADHD. Yeah. And then of course there's the combined type, which Misha, Misha which, mentioned, which, which is, is what know, which is what I one. Am. Yeah, which is what I am because uh, I I remember um in la later on after first grade we saw another doctor and they're like yeah he's on the cusp of the hyperactive one. Uh, it was back when they when they still were doing ADD and ADHD, and now it's just ADHD. And they and but no, I I've got both of them because I will bounce around this freaking house, just going off the rails. And then there'll be other days where I'm just sitting there, plotting out an entire book series, staring at a wall. Um, and the 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 I was actually driving yesterday, and two songs came up that really kind of hit this ADHD thought of mine. Um. There's a song, and it's, it's funny because you, you did last uh, last week with Revolution 9 for Autism. Um, there's a song called, um, <laughs> it's a funny song. Uh, it's called Four Chords by Axis of Awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is how my brain is constantly. Where I am going from one song to the next, and it, there is a through line between all of it. And you don't realize what it is until someone points out that it's like, oh, there's those are the same four chords through the entire song. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now there's another song that came up while I was driving that's from Italy. It was it got really big on Twitter last year where this uh, Italian singer was just like, uh, people in Italy only like the sound of English songs, not what they're yes, actually saying. Yes, so I'm one. going to sing a song in gibberish that sounds Nonsense like words. English. That's what it's like for me learning. It is like I have... I have uh, four chords playing while someone's trying to get me to learn the words of that song that is gibberish. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I totally, totally get that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the that's the best I can explain it to you. I have something constantly going in my head, no matter what you are saying, unless I am hyper focused on what you're saying. At which point, welcome to Hyper Trevorville. Uh, <laughs> if it's not, I'm thinking a billion things a moment. Like that, we we uh we talked about this a while ago when you're talking about Newt Scamander with the autism thing. Like I brought up Doctor Who because of the times where like like Matt Smith when he just starts rambling off things and then goes from point to point to point to point to point to point to point, to point and I'm like that sounds like me trying to explain something. <laughs> yeah, I have had to really rein myself in, mm -hmm. in in terms of explanations, and you know you may notice that in my explanations but there's a piece where my mind wants to kind of go off in metaphor as well and depending on who I'm working with that may or may not work mm -hmm. at all so I, I will often often I'll occasionally at least find myself saying okay wait okay drop that let's just get to it's <laughs> yes. like this yes <laughs> you know yeah I don't want to and, and one thing that I never realized that was related to ADHD in my experience of it is that I've always had a terrible time with music, with lyrics, if I'm trying to focus on a conversation. Yes. And, and, and it makes me crazy that people just feel totally fine, totally fine to just chat away when there's something with lyrics on because I can't attend to them. <laughs> so, and for example, if I'm saying to someone, oh, hey, this is this awesome song, you know, I'd love you to listen to it and I play it for them. And then three minutes into the song, they turn to me and they start to have a conversation. I feel called like, out. This is, this is why I used to constantly drive around <laughs> like listening to soundtracks and somebody get my car and like, Trevor, this is the third week with the Halo 3 soundtrack. Can we... 
can we maybe do something else? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, we'll tell you what, let, let's, uh, let's take a break here, remind the viewers and listeners of our disclaimer, and then we'll come back with some questions. How's that sound? All right, we'll be right back. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Okay, um, so th this is normally the part where I start asking questions, but I'm not, and it's weird. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna sit back from my laptop. Uh, Doctor B, <laughs> do you have some questions for us? Hi, I'm Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes, Mitra and Doctor B. <laughs> I ask Doctor B, you're looking particularly handsome today. I don't have nearly enough bow ties, vest, and hat to be as cool as you. Don't don't even try. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, we've got a lot. We've got a lot of really great questions because you you two are hitting on you two are hitting on a lot of things that are resonating with our um, our audience. Which uh, thank you for being here, by the way. This yes, is a, thank this you. Is a much inflated audience size. So thank you, thank you all for joining us. Let's let's start with this one. Uh, from Dark Cyril and Dark Cyril, I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase for the sake of time. Mm -hmm. And Dark Cyril said that more and more people are being diagnosed with ADHD that never had any significant behavioral problems growing up. And no, I'm just going to say, as someone who was screened a few years back and was told that because they didn't have significant behavioral issues growing up, hmm. is there any truth to this? Essentially, being told that because didn't have behavioral issues, can't have ADHD. What's up with that? Hmm. Uh, I'll start with that because I absolutely flew under the radar and I'm a very functional person. So you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't look at me and think, oh, yeah, she's got ADHD. Um, my husband wouldn't have figured out I had ADHD. My kids would have had no idea, okay? Because particularly for women, um, it often goes invisible in terms of how other people perceive us. And there's two reasons for that. And one is the amount of work we typically do to manage our symptoms. And two is the amount of energy girls and women generally put into appearing socially appropriate. There is, first of all, the way girls' brains develop is different than boys. We're actually more emotionally aware and it, it's just a different part of the brain development. Boys are more spatially aware, girls are more emotionally aware. It's just part of early developmental processes. It's not to say men and boys can't be just as emotionally aware and girls can't be just as spatially aware. I need to throw that in there. But, so from a young age, you're told how to behave. And I grew up in a culture, certainly, that was somewhat patriarchal. And so there were some very strong ideas about how women and girls behave. 
And it's a culture where you're also taught to sit still as a child. There's a massive expectation in young childhood to learn to sit still and behave. Oh my God, so as a yeah. girl who doesn't want to do the wrong thing, you really control that side of you. And I was still impulsive and somewhat rebellious, okay? So I did find myself standing in the corner a few times. Probably the only girl in class to stand in the corner, by the way, related to the boys quite a bit. But in any case, the point is, I worked hard my whole life to manage and suppress these symptoms. The way they came out was, I moved pretty much every year. I switched jobs, I lost jobs quite frequently. I had the capacity to hold on to jobs I loved, but there was definitely this process of, I'm not, I'm not gonna quit. This time, I'm not gonna quit. This time, no quitting. First and second year university, I bombed out and was debarred for a year. And I have a master's degree and two undergraduate degrees, people, okay? <laughs> but that's what my first couple of years of university were like. Mm -hmm. What also masked ADHD for me is I'm an immigrant who has lived in multiple countries on multiple continents. And so there was this process of having to adjust to new places. Um, but anyone who knew me in my childhood and my early teens would certainly not have thought of me as a good student. I was easily distractible in class and I would sometimes distract others. So over time and through my life, I got better at controlling all this, but it was all going on inside mm -hmm. all the time. It was an all singing, all dancing cabaret cast in there that I was continually having to suppress in order to manage. Mm -hmm. So on the surface, I looked like the other ducks, but to go the same speed, I was paddling six times as hard in there. Yeah. And, and, and routinely I'll hear people with ADHD say things like, other people seem to be able to do this thing. Why can't I? No one knows how hard you're working. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'll I'll put in there as the resident, not a professional. Um, the, essentially, what I'd say to Dark Sale, it sounds like you need to find another person to screen you because if that doctor is only interested in what you did as a child, they also don't know what ADHD is. Yes. And that's actually I'll, I I need to chime. I I feel the urge to chime in here yeah. um, because I also have impulse control issues. Um, <laughs> Um, one of the things that is super common within the, the field of diagnostics, whether it's general practitioners or even therapists, the amount of people who truly specialize in adult ADHD as well as adult autism is very, very limited. And so while a lot of people might be comfortable with it as a general diagnosis, the amount of people who will understand the nuances of diagnosing something like that, it took me, I mean, my, it took me months to find somebody who was specialized in adult autism to get my diagnosis. There were some other challenges there, but yeah, the, a lot of the people who are doing diagnostics have a really limited understanding of the nuances of especially adult ADHD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Dark. So that's a good question. Um, and I'm I'm gonna. There's actually a couple of questions touching on this, so uh, I'm gonna combine them from the chat. Sounds good. That there's a lot of talk about ADHD, not necessarily as a mental illness, but in terms of being a different as a neurodevelopmental disorder, being on a different operating system. Mm -hmm. um, are there 
you know, some people talk about the advantages and disadvantages. Is there any truth to the idea of advantages and disadvantages? And are there any downsides to, to focusing on the advantages that seem to come from kind of a privileged position? You, you, mm. mind, if I, you mind if I start this one? Mm, yeah, it. no, I totally think there are. Like, I, I do think there's advantages and disadvantages. I also think that there is um it's not great to like highlight that like i don't know because because that i i've heard a couple th people call like adhd like a superpower and like it sort of is but it's like at the same time though like it sucks because uh what i one of the other podcasts that i'm on we talk about writing and one of the things that i've said is one of the worst things that could possibly happen to me while writing a book is book is get hyper fixated on a different genre if I'm writing urban fantasy and I suddenly get uh, you see a sci-fi movie or something and I get hyper-focused on that sci-fi and want to write nothing but sci-fi, it is going to be a slog for me to get back to that book. Yep. But at the same time, if I do get hyper-fixated on the book that I am currently working on, I can bang out 20,000 words in a day, which I did one time and my hands hurt. And it like there's good stuff to it, but it also comes with like a, a big disadvantage too. It, it and you have no control over it. So that's why it's not quite a superpower to me. Cause if I could control my hyper focus, oh man, I would I would have learned how to draw this quarantine, y'all. I would be an artist. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I it, I it does have its advantages and disadvantages when it works. When it yeah. works, it has its advantages, but it mostly has its disadvantages. I, I can agree with that. I think particularly when you talk about that creative process and being sidetracked by another idea, by another inspiration um, that can really hijack the work that you've done. Absolutely. Um, there are ways to stay on track. I had to do it through a three-year degree while I had very young children. Um, but really one of the things that kept me on track was recognizing that my family was making sacrifices and having mm, to continually yeah. come back to that. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have things tethering you, it's going to get immensely difficult because my head is a spacious, spacious universe. It's a freaking galaxy and I can go off from planet to planet. Yes. And it's not easy. And I will say one of the beautiful things about being a therapist is actually I have no trouble focusing on clients. When someone is before me, like that for me is mm -hmm. a, I am there. I'm containing the space and fully present. And it's a lovely experience because the more we have of that in our lives, the better we usually feel. So the hyper-focus can be great when you're trying to learn something, if you're engaged in what you're learning. It can profoundly interfere with other tasks that need doing. Yeah. My husband will be the first to tell you I'm terrible at filling out forms. But when one of my oh. kids were going, was going through a medical condition and a lot of a lot of issues that were really tough for them, I filled out every form, no problem. Yeah. So part of it is, in fact, just like anyone, figuring out the motivational piece. But the other part is recognizing that your capacity to be diverted is that much greater. It is really a different thing than just normal, everyday, I'm struggling with inattention. Yeah. So. Well, and that that touches on, I mean, we've got so many yeah. questions that, that mm -hmm. intersect in terms yeah. of their themes. And mm -hmm. a lot of them touch on this. Mm -hmm. One 
what is really the difference between normal inattention and suspecting one has ADHD? And if one suspects one has ADHD, how do you go about finding out? Okay, I'll address the first question. Normal inattention is not persistent through time and place through your lifetime. It comes and goes based on what's happening in your life. I'm working this job, I'm bored. Yes, I'll have inattention. I'm struggling with something in terms of bereavement, loss, depression, anxiety. I experience seasonal affective disorder and we're getting into fall. Maybe I'll have more inattention. That's different than the consistent, persistent, long-term experience of inattention over anything mm -hmm. that you might do. I could love what I'm doing and go through inattention with it. That's not typical. The, Unless you're also struggling with like bereavement or something, then it's hard to love things. I, I, I think one struggling. of the... I think one of the most wild things for me to have ever heard was someone like, oh, yeah, you know, I was just spacing out, not thinking about anything. And I went, what? Yeah. You weren't thinking about anything? Yeah, never have. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me in any way, shape, or form. I am, if I'm staring at a wall, I'm constantly thinking about something. Maybe like, I may look inattentive, but that's because I'm thinking about so many things. So I have, I have a really good friend, super person, professor, highly intelligent. And she said to me, yeah, when I'm on a plane, I can just sit there. I don't need to like oh, read God. or do something. And I'm like, what fresh hell is this? You know, <laughs> sure, I can space off, but then you... I'm in a million other places. But to just sit there with absolutely nothing. Y'all should see I my carry on on a plane. Like it's got at least three yes. books. It's got a game system. It's got a charger from my phone because I'm gonna need it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but if so, okay. Let's say this has been an issue throughout your entire life. Okay, you've struggled to pay. You've struggled to attend to certain things. You have difficulty across all aspects of your life switching tasks and focusing consistently. You struggle with high intensity uh, things like filling out forms. Oh. Um, and this is constantly getting in your way to the point that it impairs your ability to function in a way that's expected. How does one go about seeing if, that's a, if they have ADHD? Hmm. Well, the first thing is, of course, as you've said, figuring it out for oneself and coming to a place where you can articulate it. I would check in with people in your life as well um, to see what they've noticed, because it's really helpful for people who are close to you to chime in with their experience of you as well. Um, and then, you know, I'd start by talking with a the therapist about it or talking with your GP. So sometimes here general in Canada, practitioner general practitioner, family doctor. Uh, sometimes here in Canada, uh, your GP will get you to fill out a questionnaire and then they might either um, refer you to psychiatrists, uh, but that gets difficult actually here in Canada because you could be waiting a long time. If you have a GP you've been working with for some time, if you're lucky enough, because that can be a challenge, um, they may actually just prescribe 
they may talk to you obviously and work it through, but if you're an adult, they might just say, great, you can try a stimulant medication. And the most common one they'll give you is Ritalin and a relatively low dose. Mm-hmm. And a low dose of Ritalin is going to be in your system, actually even a high dose, is going to be in your system for a maximum of four hours. You're talking about the immediate release methylphenidate? The immediate release methylphenidate versus the slow release, which will be in your system for six to eight hours. So you can try it in those circumstances where it's managed by your doctor and where you've looked at any interactions, Mm -hmm. drug interactions, of course, And it may or may not make a difference, but if it does make a difference, it's going to be really interesting for you to notice that Mm -hmm. and figure out what kind of, did you want to medicate or what other things might you want to do? And they may have other suggestions for you that Mm -hmm. might work. A lot of people, you included Trevor, who have chosen not to use medication as their kind of strategy, which I think there's always a need for other strategies, regardless of medication. Mm. I will say yeah. I'm not the great uh, uh, the monument of that, though. I stopped taking it in high school because I thought the pills were because it wasn't real. I switched to a different thing. Can't remember what it's called. I thought they were making me depressed. No, I just had depression. Um, so I'm not the best barometer yeah. for that. I will say, though, I, 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 real quick, I'm not great on this question because I, I got diagnosed when I was a kid, so I don't know what to do. But I will say, as a kid, taking Ritalin... Uh, because it lasts only four hours, I had to take it again at lunch. I got to know every school nurse that ever worked at my schools, and they were all great. That was one of the best parts about it. <laughs> uh, well, I so if you're in the United States, um, the, the one of the questions we've had come up is like, who can you go to to get a diagnosis? Can a can a licensed mental health counselor uh, do diagnoses? Yeah, they can. Uh, generally, uh, a general practitioner can do diagnoses, a psychiatrist can do diagnoses, uh, LMHC, a, a licensed mental health cl- uh, counselor can do diagnoses, clinical psychologists can do diagnoses. In some states, there are licensed clinical social workers who can do diagnoses. It, it depends on which state you're in. So check out like your local department, your state department of health or whatever. But um the uh yeah so there there's a lot of different possibilities for who can do the diagnoses but my recommendation to people is just like with any other medical field find somebody who specializes in it if you can yeah. to yeah. to find cuz like everybody has everybody who has a license to do mental health stuff has some basic training in this mm-hmm. but a lot of the nuances get lost with people who have that basic training. And so like when I got my autism diagnosis, I went to someone who specialized in adult autism. Yeah. Um, and I know they, they also specialized in adult ADHD as well. Yeah. Because if you come to see me um, as a therapist in Canada, in Victoria, BC, I don't diagnose, but I'm going to ha- know how to screen it out quite well so that you will have a better sense of what you're struggling with and what it looks like. So I'm going to look at, could it be bipolar disorder? Because the mania part of bipolar disorder can sometimes look like ADHD because you're going to get um, regulation issues in terms of managing mood. Um, I'm going to look at, have you had experiences, traumatic experiences that could be interfering? Complex trauma can look a lot like ADHD. I'm going to look at anxiety and depression and which possibly came first in terms of attentional issues. I'm going to look at recent bereavement. I'm going to look at marital struggles. I'm going to look at family history. 
Like all of that plays a part and you need someone who can help you tease these things apart to make sense of, is it ADHD or is it something else? Mm -hmm. So, and I'm going to make recommendations. Go see your doctor, see if you can get a CT scan. You know, I've worked with older patients who might be having what looks like, or clients who might look like they're having memory issues, but maybe actually it's nothing to do with that. And it could be ADHD that just was never diagnosed mm -hmm. or not, right? But we want to start asking the right kinds of questions so that you can ask those of yourself and your medical practitioners. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, another, uh, a lot of our, there, there are just some amazing yeah. themes with the questions mm -hmm. that we're getting and I'm combining them for the sake of I, time. Yeah. I would um, say that we got, we got about time for one more. Yeah. So what are some resources that exist out there for people who struggle with ADHD or think they might, or have a loved one that struggles with ADHD? Oof. Um, really, I found it case to case, like for like, uh, there, there's actually a podcast I'm listening to right now. Oh man. It's uh, it's like artists with ADHD or something like that. Opera geek was on it recently. So you can go check out her. Uh, she was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's actually, I found out cause she tweeted out about it and I started listening to it. <laughs> and, um, one of the funniest things I think they say on there is, uh, it is so messed up that structure helps out ADHD people so much. And it is the thing they least want in their life. Oh, uh, <laughs> it is the hardest yeah. thing to, to, to handle. Cause like. Okay, here's an example. Um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with bullet journaling. It does not have anything to do with bullets. It's bullet points. I don't know why they call them. Uh, yeah. I know it. Yeah, yeah. Bullet journaling. It's great. It's cool. It's really fun. Um, but, and I love sitting there, drawing it out and everything, putting my points and everything. But I will forget to look at it. It will <sighs> sit there and I will not look at it. I had a reminder on my phone that said, time to look at your bullet journal. And guess what I ignored? Yeah. Because you're rebellious. Nope, because it's it's <laughs> okay. my brain is terrible. It's it's yeah. like I, I I would see it and I'd be like, okay, I'll look at it in a moment. And that thought right out of my head. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm rebellious. <laughs> yeah, on. yeah. No, my mine mine straight up yeah. was just like I, I would be like, okay, I'll check it in a moment and then I'd never think to to do it again. The the uh my, my sister um who who also has uh ADHD uh recommended me this new thing that I'm doing where I just have a notepad that has no cover on it sitting on my desk and I have my week's tasks lined out on it. And so far it's working out. I don't know if it will in three weeks. That's the kind of the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. It's really hard to set up structures. Yeah. Um, you end up um, having to switch them up a bit. Mm -hmm. You end up having to choose really simple ones that work for you. Some people yeah. use a tool called Timo. Um, I saw that in the chat. Different, yeah. Yeah. So there's a bunch of different online tools that can actually be really helpful for me. My Apple Watch is actually a real help, weirdly, with this kind of thing. Um, watches, it can, yeah. I can set alarms. Smart yeah. watches can be super useful. Um, I have a calendar on my phone, and I have alerts set up. When it goes off on my watch, I know how much time I have. So I have. there are tools that have really worked for me. But I'm also good at ignoring them. Sometimes a bedtime reminder will show up and I'll be like, no. <laughs> so, you know, so that's the piece where you kind of, if things are working well, you can say, okay, present Mitra, you know, going to bed is a good idea. Future Mitra will thank you. And present Mitra sometimes, and we've met present Mitra before, and she's pretty hedonistic. You know, she's like, let the good times roll. Oh, yeah. If there's times. one person in my life that gets screwed over, it's future Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, um, one thing I want to point out there, and just full disclosure, uh, I'm not saying this because we dated, um, but how to ADHD on YouTube, I mm -hmm. think, is one of the best resources oh, yeah. out there. No, um, she her her videos made me cry. Well, like, and not just amazing. that. Yeah, not and, just and, that. And, yeah. Um, because I'm intimately familiar with the behind the scenes process i know she has an entire team of people looking over the science behind it mm. and yeah. so um there are a lot if you want science she's not a mental health professional but her stuff at how to adhd is really anchored in yeah. current research and yeah um, i will concur and I will say, I found it before we met Dr. B. So, you know, it was one of the first sites that came up when I was doing a search on women and ADHD. Um, but really, she, uh, what she says applies to anyone who's dealing with ADHD. And it's a really great place to start. Yeah. Um, and then uh, as you go through, you will figure out what, what uh, sites are actually valuable. But in, in terms of ADHD, honestly, I found Google to be quite a good friend as opposed to any cancer scares where it's a bad oh, idea. Geez, well, yeah. and, and, you know, I say that with caveats, but yeah. I've had a, I know, yeah, I think that, um, I think that there are some good resources out there. And what you want to look for is ones that come from mental health organizations or individuals who really are rooting their work in science. Um, yeah. So yeah. you don't want to just, not. It, it, it's not helpful if it's just some anecdotal, well, I have ADHD, or I think I do. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's not what we're going for here. And, oh, yeah. There, there are some terms that are currently being thrown around in the neurodivergent space that are actually not rooted in yeah. science, but people are really glomming onto them. One yep. of them being rejection sensitivity dysphoria. Yes. It's not dysphoria. That is we don't. Actually, not how to ADHD does a really good video on that. It's yeah. not. Rejection sensitivity is a thing. Rejection sensitivity dysphoria, as the proponent of that term describes it, doesn't really hold up to science. Mm -mm. Um, another one is object impermanence. Um, that it, The way it's being used by ADHD Twitter isn't really what that term means. No. Um, so that's why I was like, I, I, I advocate. That's a developmental stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing um, else. As... And, and I just want to address the rejection sensitivity, which is perfectly normal. If you're experiencing ADHD, you've experienced a lot of rejection. You may also experience anxiety and depression. I don't know why we want to um, add dysphoria on there. Yeah. Why, why do we want to uh, pathologize people's experience of, of rejection? That well, just seems... the, 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 the guy who proposed that term yeah. proposed it that it's truly unique to ADHD and it doesn't have the same overlaps with other with other disorders like autism or social phobia or depression or anything like that. And that just the, the yeah. research doesn't support that. No. Yeah. Um, I actually do. Uh, before we we start winding out, I do want to uh, point out a question that because I got the the doc still open. Uh, uh, is uh, from Hazen. Uh, says when you Trevor found out uh, uh, other people who had ADHD, did it help you knowing you weren't alone? And I'm at, the reason I call this one out is because Hazen is actually my childhood friend. Uh, I know him. He also has ADHD, and legitimately having you as my best friend helped me out because being able to see someone who was going through the same things as me and vice versa legitimately helped me. So yes, hundred percent dead. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely agree as well. Yeah, 
Yeah. And that, and that's why I think the whole like using ADHD Twitter and ADHD TikTok like I think that's so cool because I'm getting to learn about these things and seeing people have these problems that that I have and just be like, "Oh my god, okay, it's not just me." Good. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but I, I think I talked about that a little last week with autism is learning that enough people have it that there's a label for it can actually be really validating for yes. some people. Yeah. Like, like, like I said, uh, towards, towards being me talking, finding out this year stuff that I've been trying to work on and get better at is because of my ADHD and it's going to take so much more to work through it was devastating, but it's also good for me to know and it is going to help me in the future because now I know that I need to put more effort into it than just what <laughs> life hacks on t Google is putting into it. It's yeah. like, no, that's not going to work no. for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, if there was an if there was one answer for every it, that we wouldn't be having this conversation, and I would have mm -hmm. no student loans. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good. Well played. Well played. Yeah, I, I think it is really helpful to know one isn't alone, and I think it's also helpful to understand that ADHD is something that you've struggled with because otherwise there is continually this idea that I should use more discipline or I should have more willpower or why is, you know, what's wrong with me? And it's like, if, okay, I, I have a framework for that and mm -hmm. I have some tools and that yeah. does really make a difference to my day-to-day -day and to my self-esteem as yeah. well. So. Uh, one last thing I'm going to say before I get into the outro is if you do uh, think that you have it, uh, do go get checked out. Uh, if you're avoiding it, uh, hey, that's also part of it. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, just see if you are. If you are cool. If you aren't cool, it, it is just more knowledge than you had the day before. So you're still going to be the exact same person, legitimately. Yeah, so you really you, are. You it may as well change. go find out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, that is all the time we have for today's discussion. Uh, thank you for sticking with us a little bit over the time, so we could get the full episode in here. <laughs> Darth Vader is making a quick appearance for May the 4th. Um, uh, I, Do Mitra, Dr. B, where can people find you on social media? Um, at Mitra Jordan, as you can see below. Um, and also, I have a website, which at Mitra Jordan would lead you to. It's MitraJordan.com. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. And uh, I am on all the socials at the Dr. B, T-H-E-E-D-O-C-T-O-R-B as in boy. Uh, but also make sure to follow Take This at Take This Org on all of the socials because that's mm -hmm. really who I do pretty much all my work with. Uh, and yeah, that's, I'm pretty easy to find as well. I'm around. I'm professionally around. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on the Difficulty Class podcast every Friday, as well as Champions Lore every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, except for yesterday because things came up, so we didn't do it. But next week, we'll be there. Um, and uh, you can find me on Twitter, at the Trevor. There's an A hiding in there. And tomorrow, I'm actually going to be streaming Idle Champions on my personal Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash the Trevor. Uh, if you're coming there hoping to learn how to play, good luck. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I play it. I love it. I'm not the best at it. I'll, I'll, I'll exactly. raid Mars's afterwards so you can actually learn something. Uh, <laughs> that's happening at 11 a.m. So if you want to come hang out with me, see Smile Champions, uh, you can check that out. I uh, want to thank Jay for moderating the chat. As always, doing a phenomenal job grabbing those questions and being awesome as you are. And, of course, thank you to Codename Entertainment and Take This for giving us the opportunity to have these discussions because I genuinely don't think uh, I would have ever gotten to talk about ADHD on something. So 
Thank you. Uh, if you missed any part of this show, uh, <laughs> except for the beginning part where we screwed up, uh, well, I screwed up, uh, you can listen to it later as a podcast <laughs> at 2 p.m. on your favorite podcast services. And if you have any suggestions for future topics you'd like us to talk about, send those in to Champions of Psychology at CodenameEntertainment.com. Uh, there, uh, uh, Bardic Inspiration has uh, is postponed this week, so enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, and until uh, next week, take care of yourself. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment.